0: Sugar, spice, and everything nice. Today we're talking about the world of pretty heroes. Hello everybody and welcome back to Fanthropological. My name is Nick G and I am here with my two best friends, Nick T., Say it
1: with me, everybody! Release. No, no, all right, I tried, I tried.
2: And Nick Z, we can be heroes forever and ever.
1: Okay, that was, that was a little better. Oh, all right,
3: and
0: still a boy reference, and a lot of points in my book. <laughs> and joining us, special guest on the podcast today, the founder and con chair of the Pretty Heroes Convention, formerly the Toronto Sailor Moon Celebration, Emily Gonzalez. Emily, thank you for joining us.
4: Hi, thanks for having me.
1: Thank you very much for joining us on the show today, Emily. Normally when we do the podcast, you know, we have fan of facts, we have all these different things lined up, but today is a little bit different because we're talking about pretty heroes. And to be honest, we were kind of wondering, you know, what does pretty heroes mean to you?
4: Okay. Well, one of the reasons that I ended up naming the convention pretty heroes was sort of a tie back to Sailor Moon, which is, you know, pretty guardian Sailor Moon. And so I wanted to give a nod back to that, but also to make it instantly recognizable as female heroes. Mm-hmm. And it's not necessarily that, you know, they all have to be conventionally physically attractive, but that they are feminine heroes. So the way that I look at it is that it's a strong female character who is multifaceted and has more depth than uh, the, some of the kind of stand-in token female characters who are, often blonde and pink in the past. So I look at, you know, characters that have that have more to them than that. They have, a, you know, a rich backstory that they actually achieve uh, interesting things and, um, and try to initiate change. So I look at those kinds of things, and I think that that can spread across many different genres. So you can have things that are slice of life. You can have things that are superheroes there's many different ways of being a hero and, and many different ways of being inspiring. So that's how I look at it.
0: Was that sort of what was going through your head when you were thinking about going from the Sailor Moon celebration into the more general pretty hero sort of thing, or is that something that people were telling you about, or how did you decide to make that switch?
4: It was a little bit of both. Um, so mm. last year when we were doing a lot of our promotion, we started to see more and more of like kind of our general target audience who we would otherwise think would be a great fit for coming to the convention and having a great time, go and say to us, oh, well, I don't really know Sailor Moon. I'm not really a big fan, or I've never watched it. I don't really think I'm going to feel welcome there. Okay. And then we'd say, oh, no, we have lots of other things, right?
3: Mm-hmm.
4: And it just felt like the right time to, to do it now and, and expand to being a general girl power convention. And there's nothing like it in this area. We don't have a girl power convention uh, except for mine around here, right? There, there are other girl power cons. There's a couple of them in the States that I know about. Uh, So there's geek girl con is is probably one that's uh, one of the most recognizable. And I'm blanking on the name of the other one um, that I think is actually closer to us. Geek girl con is over in like Seattle area. I haven't been, but I like, I follow their stuff and I think they're doing some cool things. and, And I think it's, important to have that space where we're talking about strong female characters but there's there's also a a bit of a challenge there and making sure that people actually realize that it's not just a con for girls (laughs) it's a con for everybody who actually like strong female characters and you want to see characters that have more depth so we were getting that feedback and and we decided to kind of run with it but i had also kind of secretly wanted to eventually have something to do with the girl power con
1: Mm -hmm, mm
4: -hmm. Um, and it just it all just kind of fell into place so that's where it came from
1: you mentioned that like conveniently things kind of fell into place (laughs) as the convention kind of went on yeah but why did you start with sailor
4: Back in twenty fifteen there is a lady uh named Lisa terlado and she 's actually based in new york city and She had started trying to expand the uh the this movement that she called International Sailor Moon Day, which is sort of a confusing name for it to have because it 's really more like um, an international guild of Sailor Moon fandom run events, <laughs> right? So um, it's yeah, it's it's not something that's actually officially licensed. It's a bunch of fan run events, and um, she was trying to get people to run everything on the same day to kind of celebrate Sailor Moon for a day. And I had heard that someone in Toronto was running something, and there seemed to be a ton of interest in it. And part of that, I think, was because there was this event page that was created, but no information. So a lot of people were like, Oh, well, I want to know what's happening to see if I want to go. And that's how you get 3000 people following a page. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Which is also kind of scary. And so I reached out to her and I said that, you know, like I was interested in helping. Um, I had been writing for a little blog called Moon Chase for, for quite a few years. So I had already been doing a lot of articles reporting about different things happening in the Sailor Moon world. And I had already by that time been doing a bunch of panels and stuff at conventions. So I knew the Sailor Moon fandom really well. And I talked to her and she told me that she wanted to just do a a picnic in a park or something. And I was like, well, you've got 3000 people watching this page. I think they probably want more than that. (laughs) So initially uh, I was looking into um, getting like discount tickets at an attraction First one fell through because they didn't really contact me back. But then when I reached out to the Science Center, they were super enthusiastic and they were like, "Oh yeah, we'd love to have three thousand people. Bring them all here." <laughs> uh- <laughs> yes. Very yes, 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 yes. yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. And so originally we were going to try to do the the same date, and then uh, my friend James Bade, who is basically the person who founded Unplugged Expo and their sister events. Mm-hmm. He's a good friend of mine and he said to me, why don't you see what it costs to rent some space there and then ask people if they'd be willing to pay admission to to meet some voice actors because you already know some people and I can help you get some of that together. And I was like, okay. So I found out what the costs were. They are on their website, by the way, if you're really that curious and you want to know what it costs. I am now. <laughs> <laughs> so if you go under private events, you'll see that uh, most of the costs are actually there There are a few spaces that I'm getting this year that aren't actually on the regular price list because Mm -hmm. they don't put everything that is adjacent to exhibits in there because not everybody wants to rent those, right? Mm -hmm. Because then you have to actually also have um, the cost of exhibits built in. So it's cost prohibitive to do that. So they don't advertise those as much. Then I went and I asked on the event page if, if people were interested and I got about 200 people interested and then I was like, okay, let's let's see if we can get some people. And uh, I think the first person I reached out to was Roland Parliament, who was the original voice director of the Canadian dub. And so he was interested in being there. And uh, and then I started reaching out to some other people. So I talked to uh, to Ron Rubin, who kind of coordinates things for himself, as well as Jill Frappier. Mm-hmm. You know, Luna and Artemis are kind of a pair. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And then he was saying, well, you know, if you push it later, that would be better. I, I'd be more willing to come if, if you can push it later rather than having it in August on one of the last weekends where it's good to go to the cottage.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: And Susan Roman was w- was saying that the same thing, right? I think we also had Tony Daniels that year as well. Um, and then Amy Cosplay was uh, because of a connection with James. So James got her to come in and be our first cosplay guest. And so we weren't selling enough tickets for me to actually legitimize the cost of doing it on the original August date, which I think was like the very beginning, I think it was like the first Saturday in August, something like that. And so I delayed a little over a month and uh, moved it to um, towards the end of September. And then we were able to get more guests, right? Mm -hmm. Because then they were all more interested in coming. Mm -hmm. And we got some more dealers in there. And then I was able to sell enough tickets all things said and done, I came very close to breaking even. I was only slightly under nice. because Ooh. I bought these stupid little things. <laughs> 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 so I will never so I will never go and get wristbands again. <laughs> if anyone ever tells you to do merchandise with a year on oh. it, tell them they are crazy and don't do it. Don't do it. It's bad oh. advice.
1: <laughs> you missed it by this much.
4: <laughs> well, I mean, like, I, I was less than, I think, a hundred or so um, and, and I was willing to lose, uh, like, a couple hundred of my own money And just, you know, put that mm-hmm. in there mm-hmm. But considering the space cost over 2000 oh. I think it did pretty well
3: mm-hmm. Yeah, that's pretty good
4: uh, Yeah, so, I mean, like, I tried to have the tickets really reasonable And, um, you know, still have, like, decent programming and stuff like that we also got support from Anime North um, with audio equipment and projectors and stuff like that. And Kent, who is amazing. That wasn't something that I would have necessarily been able to do on my own without James's help. And, um, you know, and I had other people who were helping me. My, my sister was helping, my best friend Jen, and then some new people that I didn't really know that well at that time. And it's just kind of grown over time. Um, so we did the first event and it went okay. And then I was like, okay, well, I guess that's it. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) We did the thing. I didn't go broke. Uh, Okay, I'm good. And then people started asking, oh, are you doing another one? I'm so sad I missed the first one. I want to come to the next one. When's the next one? And then I was like, "Um, hey, guys, you want to do this again? (laughs) (laughs) And then we ran it again. Um, so for perspective, our first year, we had 180 attendants, including all of my crew. Then in the second year, we blew up to 650. Wow. So that was a pretty big <laughs> increase. Yeah. Um, and then last year was our third year, and we increased massively again. But I think part of that was because we got picked up by, uh, by Narcity and, and now Toronto. Um, so we got news coverage that I wasn't mm-hmm. really expecting. And our ticket sales just, <laughs> and, uh, we ended up with 1400 attendance last year. Wow. So we have significantly increased year over year. And I was like, okay, we really need to go to two days because <laughs> there are so many people who want to be there and so many people who enjoy it. And when you're there, you know you'll look around and you'll see that most people are smiling most people are just really happy to be there they're they're just having a really good time it's a really positive space it's a very welcoming space and uh you know like that's what i'm really doing it for because i i do this in my free time right i'm i'm mm-hmm. not you know taking um money for myself i actually reinvest everything back into the convention
3: mm-hmm.
4: you know so i i only pay my own expenses and that's about it <laughs> But I do it to make people happy and um and as long as we're able to at least cover the expenses and make people happy, I'll keep doing it.
0: It sounds like you're doing a great job so far. I assume <laughs> do you get a lot of feedback from people just online as well, like for example when you when you when you announced um, Pretty Heroes this year, did you get a lot of a lot of good feedback from people?
4: Well, I think some people were kind of confused. Okay. Um, they were like, are these two different things? Because we still have yeah. to use the old name and branding for, for recognition, uh, you know, and mar- for marketing purposes. That it's the yeah. same event yeah. by the same people. I find that um, that our dealers are always really eager. <laughs> so our, our dealer room tends to fill pretty fast.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: It fills slower this year because of the significant increase in price, just because you know, two days means double the expenses, mm. so I have to up prices accordingly, right? But basically, the the cost of, of the dealers being there, that goes towards covering all the venue and part of the guest fees, right? Um, you know, guests don't always come for free.
3: <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah.
4: I know people would <laughs> like to believe that's the case. <laughs> um, sometimes they will, and I very much appreciate that, but I, I also recognize that it's it's a job. Right, and um, they deserve to be compensated fairly for their time. So I always try to, you know, offer something nice, and um, and every year I increase the perks for for the guests and try to make better offers and, and stuff like that. And you know, they seem to have a good time. So <laughs> <laughs> I also, you know, try to increase the perks for you know crew who are helping us. You know, so volunteers, we will actually be giving you sandwiches and stuff this year. Mm. Um, Yeah, first year we only had water because that's all I could afford. (laughs) (laughs) But last year, like we had snacks and I think we had like a few sandwiches, but I don't think everybody got them. I think that mostly meant to my staff, uh, not so much volunteers, because I don't think we had enough. But this year I'm definitely going to have food for all the volunteers because I think it's important to hydrate and to Mm. eat so that you don't faint. Yeah. That is not a good (laughs) con experience if that happens to you.
2: (laughs) Being at the Science Center, do you notice a whole lot of or much crossover between people who are there for Pretty Heroes and people who sort of peek into the Science Center exhibits?
4: Um, I don't think in the past we've had a lot of people um, going over into the exhibits. This year, I think we'll see it a lot because um, most of the passes are going to include exhibits. So we negotiated a discounted rate for exhibits. That's good. Mm -hmm. A Better discount than any other discount you can get. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> so and 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 if you do go and and say get like our our cheapest pass which is the the shopping passes which gives you a little wristband you can upgrade that you know and, and just pay for the cost of exhibits which is $10 per day mm. taxes all included Oh. And normally exhibits are about double that, so yeah. <laughs> it's a good deal. <laughs> That's
3: a pretty sweet deal. Yeah,
4: yeah. 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 and um and it lets you check out a bunch of different things. Um, so so that'll be cool. So I think we'll see more of that this year. But I have noticed even, you know, in like I still do a trickle of, of stuff for Moon Chase and I will um I'll share, you know, like Sailor Moon related stuff, but I also share, you know, some astronomy kind of stuff um so it's like oh look here's pictures of pluto and people are like Ooh <laughs> and uh you know or like oh nasa f- found this thing and then people are like oh my gosh this is so cool um and, and people got really into like the solar eclipse and stuff like that so <laughs> i think sailor moon fans are really into science <laughs> <laughs>
3: it's an
0: astronomy crossover
4: it's interesting yeah and I always look to see what the Science Center has going on that might actually be interesting. Mm-hmm. I think um, one year we actually were during like a lunar eclipse. Mm. And they had uh, like telescopes outside where you could um, like look up at the stars and stuff. And you could do that for free. You didn't have to have admission because it was outside the front. Yeah and so I, I mentioned that. And also if you're going to the con, you also get a discount on the IMAX movies. So I check to see what movies are showing to see if any of them might be of interest to uh, the attendees and, and I'll just let them know that those things are going on. Hmm. So yeah, I, I take a look at, you know, like what, you know, special exhibits they've got and, and different things. to See if those are of interest to people. I haven't checked it lately, uh, but um I do keep an eye on it, and I do follow their page. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so it sounds like there's remotely nothing like this convention in this area.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, not only the <laughs> <New Final laughs> convention, there's also, like, like, the science aspect.
3: Yeah.
0: You have the IMAX. It's in, a, it's in a
4: unique space. Like, it's... It is a unique space. I mean, like, I first saw a convention being there when, um, when Atomic Lollipop had their last convention there which I thought was a really unique event. Um, it was really interesting that, you know, they had everything from burlesque to these kind of more intellectual seminars. So like they had this one that was about um, relationships and why we love and, and stuff like that. And it was fascinating. Oh, my Goodness. But it, it, I was like, wow, I've never seen anything like this at a con. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was just such such a breadth of things that that were going on. But unfortunately, they got too big for the space and and um I don't really know who the organizers are of that but i I've heard that they just kind of needed to take a bit of a break um from running something of that scale and uh hopefully they'll find the you know the right place to to move to in the future to be able to to handle how much they've grown because I think they said they were like around eight thousand uh, when they were last at the science center and they were practically bursting at the seams there wow. Mm-hmm. I think in some ways they they had way more people than they expected because they had Prozac that year.
3: Oh, wow. (laughs) Whoa.
4: (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I I don't think they expected quite so many people to want to get into that concert. (laughs) But, yeah, it it is a unique space. I think it's really cool. Um, I think the Science Center people are really awesome. Um, They're really easy to work with, and they're so helpful, and we coordinate on a lot of things. And I try to do something different, you know, like, so I try to take the things that I like about cons and things that are popular at cons, but also to like pepper in some stuff that's just unique. Um, so one of the things that we're getting more sciencey this year is we're actually going to have a women in STEM panel. Ooh, nice. So we're actually going to have some real women who professionally work in science, technology, engineering, and math. And they're going to talk about their experiences and their careers and, you know, um, what your options are, you know, to, to get into those kinds of fields. So I think that would be cool.
1: <laughs> yeah, definitely. This was a weird episode to prepare for because usually we're like, oh, we should do research. We should figure things out. Mm. And I mean, so far it's been a lot of learning, which is fantastic. Yeah. Because <laughs> we often joke about doing the research on the air and it's kind of happening inadvertently. <laughs> but it's it's really cool that there's going to be a women in STEM panel because one yeah. of the things that I did come across in the research is you know it's it's not super surprising that there isn't a lot of representation of women in media but mm-hmm. what's surprising to me is that there's not a lot of representation of women in animation and often the role is is like diminished as like a damsel in distress or something mm-hmm. like that and i found that really surprising given like how many really amazing shows have been coming out in the last 10 20 years that it's like oh well it hasn't really gotten that much better i was just
3: yeah
4: blown away. Yeah, it, it is pretty surprising um and like you you saw the, the last version of my um uh, female heroes in in fandom panel when i did it back at anime shogatsu and there's a, a quote that i had in there That was talking about how, you know, there's this, this assumption, um, and it's been going on for decades uh, that when you have a female lead character, that that item is not going to sell. You're not going to be able to merchandise it Mm -hmm. and it's not going to be popular. Boys aren't going to like it. (laughs) Why would boys watch it? It's about a girl Uh, (laughs) and it's not going to be interesting. It's not going to have staying power. And those things are all lies. It's, you know, it's these assumptions that, you know, if you make something for girls, that only girls will like it. But if you make something for boys, then girls might like it, too. <laughs> so uh, that covers everyone.
3: Uh, yeah.
4: And, and that's a really flawed way of looking at it. And, and I think that we've seen time and time again that when you have a really good franchise that has a female lead or multiple female leads that you will actually see that that there is a wider audience, that it isn't just girls. It's fantastic for girls to to see that, of course, but it's also fantastic for boys to see that and to see that that girls are actually multidimensional. You know, the girl is not the side character. She can be the lead, that she has more to her than, you know, just being this cookie cutter. And in 2017, like, the top three grossing movies were actually all with female leads, and that was when we finally saw Wonder Woman finally <laughs> get a movie. <laughs> I'm a big fan of Wonder Woman. I can't hide it. Uh, <laughs> and I thought that, you know, like the heart of the character, they, they really handled very well. I know there were, you know, some things that that, um, that they took liberties with that, you know, pure fans might mm-hmm. be like, oh, it should have been differently. Uh, But it's like okay, okay, calm down. We got we got Wonder Woman in a movie, and it looked cool. Let's be happy. I think
0: think everyone like (laughs) like DC fans and Wonder Woman fans watching the movie were just like, can they even just like make a pretty good movie? Can we can we we stick the landing? Not only do they do it, they did it with Wonder Woman, which was great.
2: Yeah,
4: Uh, yeah, and and it was amazing. I ended up seeing Justice League afterwards. There was a there's a scene there where bruce wayne is is talking to diana and he's like you are an inspiration why are people flocking to you why are they looking for superman they should be asking for you
3: good question and (laughs) there's
4: there's no real response to that and it's like yeah he's right it's true uh i mean like Spoiler alert, She she's a demigoddess, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, she she's a pretty cool character. Um, and I thought there were, you know, like some really neat things. I really loved that they went more with a costume that actually made sense for a warrior. Yeah. Than, you know, a bathing suit that makes no <laughs> sense to anybody. <laughs> I, I thought that was a really cool change. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, like, I thought there were a lot of really cool things about it. Um, And I think it, it, you know, the way that it it took off and the way that it did, you know, so many people were like, this is amazing. This is a really great start to a franchise. And the really cool thing was that the director, Patty Jenkins, she actually only signed a one movie contract. Mm -hmm. And Gal Gadot also said that she won't do another Wonder Woman movie unless Patty Jenkins is directing as well nice so now they get a, a blank slate to do whatever <laughs> they want
3: sounds alright
4: and I think that's gonna be really great for the franchise because I think they did a really good job you know with, with the first one it's so like well yeah I know it was you know uh, the World War One versus World War II thing okay whatever um, I think that's kind of a minor detail I'm sure there's plenty of people who are screaming in the future about this probably <laughs> oh, <laughs> <definitely. laughs> But in the grand scheme of things, you know, like, it doesn't really matter where she kind of starts, right? I think having a character who balances physical strength and also compassion was something Mm -hmm. that we really needed to see in Wonder Woman. And I don't think that that would have been handled the same way by a man.
3: No, I think you're right.
4: I think it it really made, you know, a lot of sense to have a female director and, and to have it handled in the way that it was because that was the thing that really resonated with me was that you know she would have these these soft vulnerable moments but then she would also be super strong Mm -hmm. and she'd be like well i'm gonna save people and i don't really care what you have to say i don't care if the bullets are flying around i'm going through here
1: (laughs) that was such a great
4: scene (laughs) even
0: something where like i think it's like she, she gets like like an ice cream cone or something like that yeah yeah and she's like you should be very proud because this is fantastic <laughs> like even, even people play yeah. like
4: that. she's very innocent in some ways and yet very wise in others mm-hmm. and, and i thought that they really handled the juxtaposition really well without making her seem like she was stupid yeah yeah and, and i think that's a really hard thing to do and i think i found the same thing when they started the supergirl series as well you know like they made her really kind of ditzy and cutsy mm-hmm. a little bit at the beginning and um, she's just kind of a goofball, right? And she just kind of laughs awkwardly a lot yeah. and, and trips over things and is constantly adjusting <laughs> her glasses and stuff. But she kind of, you know, grows into it and you kind of see that, that there's more to her. And, and part of the reason they kind of started her off in this awkward fashion was that she was supposed to grow as a character and really be able to grow into being her kind of hero, and not just following her cousin's footsteps. Mm. Right. Mm. So I, I think that's a kinda nice take on a story. It can be really hard to pull off at the beginning because you can alienate some of like the pre existing fans because they're like, What are you doing to this character <laughs> that I love in this certain iteration? <laughs> yeah. But I think sometimes, you know, the growth uh is really just as important as as having that character in in a lead role.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: There's like you know on one hand a fully formed hero, which is great. Uh, Laying L- L- mm-hmm. up on the big tree at the same time, watching them become a hero, and kind of like de- like yeah. having their issues anyway, and then and then doing it,
4: yeah, is fantastic. There are certainly ways that it's it can be overdone mm. too, like Spider Man. Mm. <laughs> but but uh, if you're watching yeah. Arrow
0: and hoping it will change, it won't. Just heads up.
3: Yeah. <laughs>
4: I never actually got into that one. I I, I, I really watched Smallville a lot, but uh, I I didn't end up getting into Arrow. I was like, it's a different guy! What's going on? (laughs) (laughs) But they took it in a very different direction Mm -hmm. too, right? Um, So it's a lot darker than than Smallville ever was. Which is sometimes fine. I mean, I I like that, how they do that with Gotham. Mm -hmm. But I also take that as being, you know, like, it's a completely different version of Batman. It's not you know, like, this is actually him before the one we know. Uh, it's like, if it started in this way, things would be, would, would progress in another way.
0: One thing that I thought was interesting, just sc- scrolling on Netflix the other day, I came across uh, Batman versus Superman. The less said, the better. <laughs> but the, um, like, like, the top image, Superman on one side, Batman on the other side, and in the middle, one woman. <laughs> like, yeah. front and center. And, like, they know, they know... Bread is at this point. i don't
4: think yeah. i ever watched that one don't watch it but i heard that uh that wonder woman she's the only the show. good part about it yeah. <laughs> that she was really the only watchable like three hours part on. yeah.
0: it's just growling it's just 30 <laughs> second scenes of growling in complete darkness
4: isn't that what most action movies are <laughs> i mean i watch action movies but i know that a lot of them are just kind of like ah oh, punch you
1: So we're right now we're talking about movies directed by men featuring men. Yep. It's a lot of growling and a lot of actions. And um in contrast to like the the quote softer power of like things like Wonder Woman or uh Sailor Moon who's like powerful but also in a a very like compassionate kind of way. Mm -hmm. And um that just got me thinking about like the fans of these things. And like when we talk about comic book fans, I have an idea in my mind. (laughs) <laughs> of like all sorts of myths and misconceptions about them like mm-hmm. not positive portrayals and I was just wondering mm-hmm. when it comes to like pretty hero fans fans of like Sailor Moon or Card Captors or um, like Xena or Buffy or any of those kinds of things I wonder if there are myths or misconceptions about those fans that are like in the case of comic book fans not true and mm-hmm. just kind of wish that they would go away.
4: Oh, absolutely! I, I think there, you know, regardless of the fandom, there's there's always going to be certain misconceptions. One of the things that people tend to be really surprised about when I tell them about my convention, and I also saw this when we were doing um, surveys with Moonchase years ago, is that it's not a, a huge majority female audience. It's it's actually almost evenly split. It's about sixty percent female, forty percent male. Um, so it's actually really close. And I think when we did the surveys, it was even closer. It was like 55, you know, to to 45. Um, so a lot of people tend to be really surprised at that. And the other thing is that when I'm like, oh no, there's lots of guys that come too, right? Lots of guys are, are interested in, in, you know, these kinds of characters and and these franchises. And then it kind of gets followed up with, are they all gay? it's like uh no (laughs) first of all i don't ask that question because it's none of my business (laughs) but second of all like we really need to stop thinking that you know just because uh, a boy or or a man uh, or other male identified person likes female identified characters that doesn't necessarily mean That they are effeminate, it doesn't necessarily mean that they are gay, or you know, something other than, you know, the the heteronormative um, kind of way of being. These franchises tend to appeal to all walks of life. There's all kinds of people who are interested in Sailor Moon and Magical Girls and strong female superheroes and and stuff like that in general. And uh, it, it's kind of disappointing to me that the people just kind of uh, assume mm-hmm. that um, that every fan is a certain way. And I don't think we can really say that about any fandom. You know, you, you're always going to have people who are fans of multiple things. I, I'm a fan of multiple things. You know, I like Sailor Moon, but I also like Game of Thrones. They're very different.
1: Quite a bit. But <laughs> <laughs> well, what if they crossed over? No, thank you. Uh... Nobody wants that? No? <laughs> There'd be more
4: death and more uses of the crystal. <laughs> uh, Cersei would be going after the, the, the silver crystal, uh, I think. It'd be interesting. Change the party. Yeah. Fracturing Cersei's clean bro. Yeah. I think she's, she's pretty close yeah. to that, although she doesn't have the whole, <laughs> you know, um, she, she's hot for Sailor Moon's boyfriend. Kind of Not as thing. much. No. <laughs> but yeah, so like that, that's the major thing, I think. Um, I think we need to stop having those kinds of assumptions. Um, and also, I think we shouldn't be discouraging boys um, when they're growing up from liking things that that have strong female characters in them. I think we should be encouraging it
3: mm-hmm.
4: because those are the kinds of women that they're going to meet later in life. Mm-hmm. Right. So why shouldn't they see that now? Right. Why shouldn't they see that, you know, um, women have thoughts and women have passions and aspirations and, and they have, have multifaceted personalities. They should mm-hmm. know that, right. Cause that's who people really are. And, and we shouldn't go and, and act like only boys can be that way. Because girls can be that way too. Everyone can can be whatever they want to be, really. You know, uh within certain, you know, limitations of physics and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff, right?
0: <laughs> yeah. It's just people looking up to other people.
4: Yeah, yeah. And I and I think we all need to see inspirational characters. And I think uh, you know, one of the things that I've heard over and over again, um, particularly about like studio Ghibli films, is that they just make you feel kind of at ease that everything is right. Everything will be okay. Mm -hmm. Um, And even when they have, you know, like this message, uh, you know, like Nausicaa, The Valley of the Wind is is one of my uh, favorite films. and In that one, they have a very strong message that's anti-war and, you know, like, we will destroy this planet if, uh, if we keep going down this path and this is what could happen to us. It could end up killing all of us. And even though they have that strong message, then there's also you know, uh, Princess Nausicaa is is also trying to unite people and trying to find an understanding between nature uh, and humanity and, um, and trying to understand how things came to be the way they are and how to fix things and, and make improvements in the world. And I think she's a really cool character in that way. You know, like there's a lot of things that she does that nobody else is doing around her no one else aspires to do those things. And I think seeing those kinds of characters, you know, can have a really powerful effect. So um, I think we need more of them.
0: Talking about reminded me. I I just watched Hal's Moving Castle the other night. Mm
4: -hmm.
0: And you see, you see Hal in his, in his, uh, I'm going to call it adolescent rage. It's kind of like, (laughs) Like, swimming around and, like, sitting on a chair and starting starting to mope, and he's, like, turning into goo, which seems, like, very alarming. Like, it looks like all the bones are leaving his body, all kinds of stuff. And then, so if he's just, like, oh, he's just having a tantrum, yeah. just throw him in the bath. I love
4: that. <laughs> That's a very mom thing to do, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's, like, uh, you know, like, a lot of my friends will, will say that I'm the mom friend,
3: right? <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah.
4: So I'm the mother hen. You know, uh... Uh, My friends come by my booth at a convention when I'm doing promotion. I'm like, do you want a snack? I have snacks. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah.
0: (laughs) Keeping everybody going.
4: Yeah, well, I mean, we all forget to eat and stuff Mm -hmm. like that, right? Mm So we all got to look out for each other.
1: We had a guest last episode, uh, Sarah of Feminist Fujoshi, and she we were talking about boys love and this actually has nothing to do with boys <laughs> okay. love i'm just giving some context i was
4: like because <laughs> that'd be a very different direction you know role. we're talking about pretty
1: heroes very... no, no 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 they're different they're different 'Cause are different um but you know where when when we're talking about that obviously like a lot of it is by women for women etc and so we were talking about how a lot of magical girl shows as an example uh tend to be like a lot of shows for men are male power okay. fantasies directed at men uh and magical girls are kind of like this power fantasy Mm -hmm. for young girls i was just wondering like is that good is that bad should there be other stories that are not being told
4: oh well i think there should be other stories as well right but i think when you try to look at the magical girl genre rather that there's a lot more in it than you would think i mean uh, Kiki from Kiki's Delivery Service is technically a magical girl. She's a witch. Mm-hmm. She's got magical powers, but she's not the kind of magical girl that Sailor Moon is or or Cardcaptor Sakura is. You know, they're very different, um, they're, and there's very different goals that they have. One of the shows that, that I really liked from my childhood was Gem and the Holograms. So you could even sort of say that that's kind of a magical girl kind of show. And in many ways, it was really ahead of its time, you know, because they had this multicultural group of women, and it was led by a businesswoman, (laughs) you know, right? They all had real jobs. But then they were, you know, just kind of singing because they wanted to make money to support this foster home um, that they were running, right? And like, that's a really cool kind of thing to do. But they would have these ridiculous adventures that were super dangerous.
1: <laughs> they were only dangerous because the misfits just like should have been thrown in jail, really. The
4: misfits, <laughs> like, they were just criminals. They're so lucky they didn't kill anybody <laughs> on yeah. multiple occasions. It's like, hey, we're all going to Hawaii. Let's go by this volcano. That won't be dangerous at all. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, or the the holograms are like hang gliding and the misfits are like, hey, what if you shot a laser at the hang gliders? Yeah, it's fine.
4: So, yeah, but uh, I, I think we do need to see, you know, more stories beyond the magical girl genre. But I do think that, you know, there is actually a lot that you can do in the magical girl genre without it really seeming like it's all the same. I think we really saw a a huge boost of it when Sailor Moon became popular. Mm -hmm. So I think that's one of the major influencing factors for that happening. Um, I think that with, you know, the Wonder Woman movie and um, with the popularity of Black Widow and the Supergirl series and and all that, I think we're going to start seeing more female superhero um, stories getting more popular now. So we'll see a, a bit more of a balance there. But I think we also need to have some more slice of life stuff. And I f- think we don't really get a lot of that in in North American media, mm-hmm. which is kind of weird. Yeah. I really liked, you know, stuff like um, Veronica Mars. You know, mm-hmm. it was Nancy Drew-esque, but it was very modernized. She was super sassy and sarcastic, which is my kind of humor. Some people don't get it, and they're like, what? Why do you think this is funny? I think we need more of those kinds of stories, right? Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, something like, uh, like I watched Supernatural, I'm a, I'm a big fan of that, and we have that story with these two brothers who, you know, really love each other, and they will do anything, They'll literally die for each other. Why don't we see something like that with sisters?
3: Mm-hmm.
4: You know, like, I think that would be really cool to see something like that. I think when we saw Frozen, having that Anna could be saved by a kiss on the cheek from her sister.
3: Yeah.
4: We had that sisterly bond. And I thought that was really cool, but we don't see that enough. I have a little sister and I know growing up, you know, um, we, we'd have that love hate kind of thing going. Mm-hmm. And I think that's pretty common probably with, with young girls who are close in age. But I think we need to see more of those kinds of stories that have relationships where you're not just bonding for a romantic sense you're you're bonding for a family, you're bonding for friendship, and having a greater variety of stories. I think we're missing those kinds of things. you know we get a lot of fantasy and science fiction kind of stuff, but we're not really getting much that's real mm-hmm. uh, I think that's really something that has a lot of potential and uh, for whatever reason, we're not really seeing a lot of that right now.
3: Mm-hmm. No know that you mentioned. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm, trying to think of a, I'm trying to think of a show that stars two sisters <laughs> that's on right now,
3: and I'm not.
4: Coming. I think the, like the, there's a new Charmed coming out. Uh, yeah. That's about it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know what that's going to be like. I mean, I watched the old one, but it was very 90s. So, I, mean, <laughs> I, I don't know if you can really rehash something. I mean, like it sounds really cool that they're going in a slightly different direction. They've got a you know um, a more representative kind of cast. Mm-hmm but I don't know what they're going to do story-wise because, like, the teaser clip was terrible. (laughs) It's just them gasping. They're like, oh, oh, surprise. Oh, who's this guy? (laughs) Uh, um, It's like, okay, well, that tells me nothing. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't know. And, And in that one, you know, it's these sisters who are, you know, balancing being magical and what that means with being sisters and with having relationships and all that kind of stuff. And while I think that that's, you know, an interesting kind of story to have, I don't think we necessarily need to have that extra thing. I don't think we necessarily need to have that magical or fantastical element. I think we could have something that's, you know, a little bit more real.
2: Do you think that maybe the reason why there aren't as many North American shows that are slice of life shows about women, sisters, single women, married women, just women in general... Is because North American TV and movies are still predominantly made by men?
4: I think that's probably a very influencing factor. um, And I think a lot of it comes down to money, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So what's going to get approved? And if they don't think it's going to sell, they don't approve it.
2: Right, right.
4: And it can take, uh, you know, a lot of effort to get something actually through the door. But I think there's also probably a perception that maybe Slice of Life is not that marketable. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, we get sitcoms, yeah, but that's about as close as we tend to get most of the time. But it would be nice to see something that's a little bit more real. I, I, there, there was a, um, a story. I keep forgetting what it's called, and it's about a young girl who she finds out that actually who she thought was her sister is actually her mother, who had her as a teenager. It's a recent one. I think it was on Family or something like that. I haven't watched it. Uh, I've heard that it's it's uh, it's really interesting, but there's been a lot of backlash to it because of the subject matter. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of people are like, "Oh my gosh, how could you do this?" But that happens. And like Gilmore Girls was super popular. It wasn't really something that I was a fan of. Um, but that was, you know, from what I know of it, that that was really a more slice of life kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And it went on for a long time. But uh, we don't see a lot of those, right? Yeah. They're kind of few and far between. So it's it's interesting how we see media go and have like these waves of, oh, well, this is the popular thing now. So let's do all the things in this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think we need a variety of media. And one of the things that, you know, we really should be doing with, with fictional media is analyzing Our current world and where we're going and where we could possibly be going Mm -hmm. and um and looking at important issues in a way that maybe you can't really discuss outright Mm -hmm. um and i think you know shows like like the star trek franchise i think really um handles that super well like there's episodes of star trek voyager where like they talked about healthcare and, and having a privatized system Mm. and, and what that means. And, and if that is actually a good thing to have, if it's ethical to go and decide that the poor people get less health care and the rich people get to live longer. And, uh, you know, it it was an interesting kind of discussion. And I think that, um, the Orville is, is doing that now too. It's, it's really, uh, um, that, that's pretty cool. Um, they, they actually dealt with the issue of, of gender and, and the choice of gender on a recent episode. Oh, wow. Well, I mean, uh, and it was, it was, uh, it was a very heavy episode. Um, and as I was watching it, I was like, Oh wow. I like, I wonder how they're going to handle this. And, you know, without spoiling anything, um, you know, there's, there's multiple ways that it can go. Uh, one of the things that they were really looking at was, you know, like how the outsider views the situation versus how the people who are part of that culture view the situation, and what's influencing everybody to go and say that the child should be this gender or this gender. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. I think they handled it well. I won't say if you know I, I agreed with the final decision or not because mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't want to you know spoil mm-hmm. it. But um, I, I think it was a really difficult kind of issue to tackle. And I think it was a risky move for them to do it as well. I don't know how ready people are to, to really, you know, discuss that. I, I think, you know, like we don't even see much representation for LGBT characters in general in, in television. You know, um, you'll have someone who, um, who might be gay. Mm-hmm. Very rarely you're going to see a trans character and you almost never see somebody who's bi. Actually, even in uh, in Riverdale. Now, I remember uh, reading a while back that Jughead, in the comics, um, they made him agender, which I thought made a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sorry, not um, not agender, um, asexual. Mm-hmm. And I thought that made a lot of sense because he was never really interested in that kind of stuff. And I was really hoping they were going to bring that to the show, and they didn't. I was like... This would be the place to do it because it's on Netflix. You don't really have to worry so much about, you know, getting approval for TV. You can mm-hmm. do your own thing. And they could have, you know, like used that as a platform to go and be like, well, this is how someone who's asexual might deal with life, you know? Yeah. And they kind of missed that opportunity. <laughs> they, they have some some gay characters and that's about as far as they're going.
1: Yeah, even in some recent examples, uh, like in in popular movies, like Thor, Ragnarok, uh, Valkyrie, mm-hmm. there was a scene that um, elaborated on her yeah. her partner that, like, they actually kiss, and it's like was it mm-hmm. a romantic relationship, yeah. and that was cut from the movie. Yeah. Wonder Woman, I think, is bisexual. There's been a lot of talk lately, um, not in terms of female characters, but with, like, the new Solo movie and Lando, it's like, mm-hmm. well, I, you're mm-hmm. in space, so why wouldn't you be pansexual? Yeah. But even in terms of, like, representation of, of women in cartoons, it's mm-hmm. always, like, couched at with some exception. Like, um, Legend of Korra, they make it more explicit. Steven Universe, they they kind of hint at it from time to time, but it doesn't tend to come up mm-hmm. as much.
4: Well, even in Sailor Moon, you know, the, the relationship of Uranus and Neptune, <laughs> right? We, we knew, even in the uncut version, you know, for all of us who were seeking that out. Something's going on here. <laughs> We knew that they were a couple, that, um, that they had a romantic relationship, but they were very, very subtle. You know, they make like little sly comments to each other. like, ha ha, guess what? <laughs> <laughs> but I don't think they ever kissed on screen um, that I recall. There was like what I, I tend to call the Romeo and Juliet episode where um, they bring out their talismans and that um, causes them to die. And they have a very emotional um, scene there where it is very much kind of like a Romeo and Juliet kind of moment if they were to both die at the same time, where, you know, they say that they love each other and and that everything is okay. Mm -hmm. And I think that that was something that was handled really well. But I think also, you know, um, the way that it was written at the time was kind of like, oh, well, this is kind of risque. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> <You know? laughs> which is, uh, from my uh, understanding, you know, kind of the way that they uh, do that in Japan, at least at the time, mm-hmm. they were just like, oh, ha ha, <laughs> and they were just kind of enamored with the with the idea, right? But they didn't really need to see anything explicit. Mm-hmm. But I think uh, that in, you know, in many ways, we weren't ready for it here, especially with the huge influence of American TV in Canada as well. And when you go and you look back, um, like Ellen came out, you know, um, in I think it was the late 90s, and then she didn't work for a few years. Mm -hmm. We were not ready to see a gay couple in a cartoon. And I know that makes people angry that, you know, it was changed, and a lot of that was because the uh, the American license holders at the time were like, well, we won't be able to get it on TV, so the only way for us to make our money back is to get it on TV, so this is what we have to do. And I think there's other ways they could have done it. I, I don't think that the cousins thing really made sense. <laughs> yeah. I mean, too many kissing cousins <laughs> jokes, like, yeah, really. <laughs> I would have uh, much preferred if they had said, you know, like they were roommates or something, right? Yeah. That I think would have made more sense. I think there's other ways that it could have been handled that maybe they just didn't think of at the time. I also recognize that they had to make a change just because in the 90s, people weren't ready for it. Now, if we had never heard of Sailor Moon and it was just being done now, mm-hmm. it wouldn't be an issue.
3: No.
4: I don't think it would be an issue at all. No. Right? So I I think we have to realize that things are just changing, but it Mm -hmm. takes a while. It takes a while for these things to happen, you know? The people that you are going to meet in everyday life are always going to be ahead of whatever our media is. Yeah. Always. Like, I have, you know, more friends who identify as LGBT than I probably see on regular television shows. And I think that's a little sad, but... You know, I, I think that that's kind of to be expected, because you still, when you're having cultural shifts like that, um, it takes a long time for society to really, truly be accepting, you know, mm-hmm. like, we've got pockets of acceptance. Yeah. But I, I think we can really see not to get really, you know, too political, but especially in the, in the United States right now, you know, things are very volatile. And there is a lot of of racism a lot of transphobia a lot of fear about people who are different and and a lot of assumptions that are negative um, that are really quite unfortunate and and i hope that we'll see people get past that and and grow to um, accept that the world is forever changing and we can either Go with the flow, <laughs> or get lost in the current. <laughs> <laughs> Did I make it too heavy? <laughs> no, 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 no,
1: no, no. I I, I paused because enough. I heard G click. Yeah, yeah, I thought no, he was gonna no, say no, something. I no. I mean, we could also say, "Oh no, it got too heavy." Ah. No, no, it's
3: no, so all good stuff. Oh boy.
4: Well, I think, you know, we, we also need to, to tackle heavy issues sometimes, and yeah. you know, in, in, in media. And I think that's sometimes the way that we have to do it. Like, that was one of the reasons that, you know, X-Men was created, was to, to, to talk about, uh, you know, um, not understanding people who are different.
1: Mm-hmm. So we had some famous last words from last episode, which were some things that we did before research. And obviously the episode uh is going in a different direction which is really cool mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> but for example uh one question that g had which is uh open for anybody to answer mm-hmm. is uh you know so we're talking about pretty heroes and where does lena inverse sit in the roster of pretty heroes we've already talked at length about sailor moon and uh about jam and some some other favorites wonder woman uh where does lena inverse sit in that you know from one fan uh g to another yeah You know, when you think of magical girls, you think of Lena Inverse. Ah.
4: She is a magical girl, technically. Yeah. 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 (laughs) (laughs) She's a very spunky one. Yeah. Yeah. I was was kind of, because it
0: just popped into my head. I'm like, oh, you know what? I really like Slayers, and that's all about Lena. So, like, I I kind of liked it a little bit. And, And, like, yeah, she's, like, everything's kind of based around her. She's not presented in, like, a sexual context.
3: Yeah.
0: And she's controlling, like, what's going on. And someone pointed out that she's a lot like Goku, except she ends up naked at the end of the episode, far less.
4: <laughs> I don't remember any episodes where she ended up naked, but maybe I haven't watched enough no. Slayers. <laughs> I don't think she did. But... Um, it's been a while since I've seen that one. But yeah, I, I think she's a cool character because you know she's, she's strong in her own right, um, but she's still very much a girl who um, gets bashful about certain things. And I think... I mean, you're all men, um, and I'm a woman. Uh, <laughs> True. But I think that it's quite common uh, for girls and women to uh, to feel really self-conscious about their periods. And Lena mm. does that, and they they make it a thing, and they just yeah. run with it, right? <sighs> it's the only series that I can think of where you really get periods mentioned, like, <laughs> all the time. <laughs> Um, <laughs> it's a little much. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it happens on a monthly basis, so it is a frequent yeah, sure. thing, yeah. right, for a healthy yeah. woman. Yeah. But I think a lot, a, a lot of girls are raised to not really talk about it, and um, you know, be secretive when it's that time of the month or your shark week or whatever mm. you want to call it. Mm-hmm. And then I think her foil character was uh, Gori, right?
3: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Gary,
4: and I—I uh, I think he's very much like the—the the everyman who just does not get it. <laughs> he's like, "What do you mean? What does that do? I don't understand." <laughs> yep, he's Launchpad McQuack. <laughs> ah. Yeah, but you know, uh, there there are guys who really don't have any idea. You know that oh well, this might mean that she's in pain, or this might mean um, that she feels weird. Mm-hmm. And it it's not, you know, it's not something that we should necessarily be treating as as gross because it's a natural thing mm. that's necessary for being able to be <laughs> fertile and make children. Uh, you know, we do need to kind of continue our species. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I thought that was interesting that, you know, like she would be like that, you know, uh, even though it's a very different time frame. It's a very different society. Mm. Where you know in that kind of uh, time, they probably wouldn't be very embarrassed about dressing in front of other people because a lot of people would have had people assisting them to dress,
3: mm-hmm.
4: even assisting them to bathe, and they probably would have had no shame in that. And yet, she doesn't want anyone to know when she's on her period. <laughs> <laughs>
0: they haven't. They haven't gone through like Victorian ah. like. Fruitiness
4: in that <laughs>
0: world but there was still like the yeah. shame about it. Let me introduce yeah. you to the Catholic
4: but it, Church. It was, but, it was uh, interesting, right? Oh
3: boy, yeah. yeah.
4: But there's, you know, there, there there's funny ways to look at it too. I mean, like the Try Guys have even done that. Um, like one of the costume episodes and, and one of them dresses up like like a vulva and, uh, and then he's like, oh, my head is the clitoris. <laughs> 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 so they'll do it. you know like you can have fun with it i mean like these hmm. are body parts you know about half the population has them you know <laughs> like, <laughs> um but uh yeah it, it i thought it was kind of funny you know um and uh and that they well the interesting thing is that um if you go and you look at uh at stuff about you know like um like wiccans um uh, and pagans in general, and in other religions as well, you'll you'll see stuff about how a woman is should really be taking that time to kind of re-energize, right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, a woman will be really kind of deflated, <laughs> a very low energy at that time, and, and you know, like no matter who you are, you should listen to your body. If your body is telling you you need to take a break, then take a break, <laughs> 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 right? Mm-hmm. But uh I I think I remember reading something about how um uh, like pagan women uh I don't know if this is still the case but I, I I believe they used to be encouraged to kind of like take a break from doing spells and, and things um around that time of the month, you know, that it wouldn't work as well because their energy is already low. Mm-hmm. Take that as you will. <laughs> I'm not an expert. <laughs> but I thought that was kind of interesting. That people would think about that kind of thing, you know, like that there are times where people are just not able to do things that they could normally do, right? So it was kind of interesting to go and see it put in in kind of like a fun way, and they make all those jokes it's even in the theme song like <laughs> but uh but lena is a great character and and i think that she's very much an every girl and you know she's got those quirky moments and and then she's also got that insecurity that she isn't the sexy kind of looking woman right and and i think that's that's very true to to how a lot of a lot of girls will feel you know that that they're just kind of not measuring up to some weird standard
1: that uh, reminded me that um, she has a sister, right? That, like, oh yeah, doesn't part of that insecurity derives from yeah, her sister, yeah. who is like the perfect, yeah. sorceress.
4: Yeah, she's got like you know cantaloupe size. Ah. <laughs> 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 there's a lot of discussion of that. Uh, it's
0: on this, so. But I thought it was interesting that she kind of has a Napoleon complex. Yeah, or, like there's so much made about her being short.
4: Yes. Yeah. Which I think happens on a lot of things. I mean, they, they do that in Full yeah. Metal Alchemist as well yeah. all the time. There's a lot of short jokes yeah. in that. He's really not that short, but like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> like some of these people making the jokes are like three inches taller than him. Like, <laughs> really? Come on. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> but I, I like those shows where, you know, like you have something that's just kind of fun. Right? You know, it's not, it's not always serious. I, mean, I, I think we need to, you know, have some of that escapism as well.
0: That gives me a. I'm going to say good enough segue to talk about something that that I was reminded of during during the research. Like Lena's the first one that came to my mind when we were uh, wrapping up our episode last week. But uh, I, I ended up putting quite a few lists of people's like favorite female characters from from cartoons of of yore, and and now my favorite character on television today, bar none, is Princess Bubblegum. Oh hey, <laughs> yeah she's always like two levels above everybody else
4: (laughs) i have to watch that i'm so behind i've got a list (laughs) a list of things to watch (laughs) yeah
0: like she's 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 named princess bubblegum for goodness sake (laughs) like that's kind of where the series starts with her but it's very quickly finn's like oh i'm still in love with you and she's like yeah not so much about that right now i have to run my entire kingdom and she's like (laughs) she's always focusing on like like freedom versus security for her whole kingdom, 'cause all all of her like subjects are kinda dumb. <laughs> so, so she... <laughs> and she like she like hates magic and is all about science but lives in an extraordinarily magical fantasy <laughs> world. Yep. Nothing is black and white with Princess Bubblegum. I'm I'm continually impressed every time I go back to Adventure Time and
4: watch
0: <laughs> it. Which there's only one episode left. Yep.
4: Wow. It's been on for a while, hasn't it?
0: It's like season nine or something.
4: That's Jeez. a pretty good yeah. run.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they've had a good one.
4: I don't think we see, you know, like a lot of shows really kind of go past a few years anymore. It's it's, it's getting rarer and rarer.
0: It's super tough. I mean, <laughs> some people only want to tell stories for only, for only so long. Mm-hmm. and That's fine. Some shows after season five or something are like, oh, this isn't as good as it used to be.
4: (laughs) Well, Supernatural had that problem for season six. (laughs) Season six was the, I don't know what we're doing season.
0: (laughs) I haven't watched Supernatural, but we did an episode on it. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like they just powered through.
4: (laughs) Yeah. So they kind of, you know, were kind of flailing around for a little while and they're like, okay, new direction. (laughs) <laughs> and then they and then they ran with that like the first five seasons were all about the brothers hunting demons mm-hmm. and then they had kind of wrapped up that uh, initial story and the creator left for a season and then they were like what about angels <laughs> <laughs> um... and then they were like wait angels don't have to be nice <laughs> <laughs> And then they've kind of, you know, built the story from there. And I I think that was one of the things that really made the first five seasons really good, was that the story, it wasn't just episodic, but there was something that was constantly building. And I tend to like those shows uh, more. Um, Veronica Mars also did it. Each season, they would have a story that would build through the entire season. But there were also, you know, um, kind of one-off mysteries that she would solve. And then there was kind of like a larger mystery that kind of threaded through the majority of the series as well. Hmm. And I don't want to spoil it, (laughs) (laughs) because it's kind of important if you haven't, if you haven't seen it, like it starts off with her loss of innocence is kind of like the nicest way of putting it. Hmm. And she doesn't know how that happened. And you think that she's never going to find out. And there are people who are really insensitive. That guy in the sheriff's apartment. <laughs>
0: oh. Do you want to ask, does it wrap up? Like, is there an ending?
4: There is an ending. Yeah. Okay. So like the, the series didn't end as cleanly as it probably could have. Cause they were hoping to mm-hmm. get, um, another season. Um, but they did have uh, a crowdfunded movie. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. i got the t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> And that actually really tied up, um, a, you know, some other um, aspects of, you know, like, where is Veronica going with her life? Is she always going to be a detective? Is she going to do something else? And how does that affect her relationships and, and all that kind of stuff? And, and what's her dad doing now? <laughs> 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 and so I thought they did, uh, you know, like a good job with the movie. I was I was really happy with it. Like they couldn't obviously, you know, get every character in there, but they got a lot um, for for what they were able to do. Like, and the way that they managed to do it was they did like a high school reunion, so they were like, "Let's bring everyone." Oh, that's nice. That's, that's
0: a nice way to do it.
4: <laughs> so it it was an easy way for them to get a lot of the characters back to see each other and interact with Veronica again. Uh, so it, it it was neat. Um, but in in the series itself, they did wrap up who had done the initial thing. <laughs> <That's good. laughs> it starts off heavy. <laughs> it starts off heavy, but it gets better. And you kind of have to realize that, you know, she's, she's in this headspace of where she's still kind of going through the grieving process of something insane has happened to me and it was awful. And how do I cope with that? So she starts off as a very angry kind of character. That's where she is in her grief.
3: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
4: But then eventually, you know, she gets to be all sassy and perky and um, <laughs> making snarky comments to everybody. And you know, the principal asking her while trouble is always following her around. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it's, it's a good series. I think it's only three seasons. Um, oh, yeah. and, then, and then there's the movie.
1: And then she dies and she ends up in the good place, right?
3: Oh, that's how that timeline works. That's
4: a totally different person. I I feel like Veronica Mars is probably a better
0: person than Eleanor Shellstroke.
1: Uh, almost.
4: Very much. (laughs) (laughs) Veronica has a moral compass? Yeah. (laughs)
3: Watch the good place anyway. <laughs>
1: Get okay normally we would do the verdict but i think given the what verdict. we talked yeah usually it's a chance to like summarize our thoughts on the the fandom that we talked about but i feel like it would be almost impossible yeah. to do that it'd be like do you want to keep watching media with women it's like <laughs> yeah sure <laughs> Right. I don't think. Yeah, I, don't think, I think that's going to be
3: unanimous. So,
1: yeah. Yep. So today we're not going to do that, and I'm going to skip to the spotlight, which is a, a chance to highlight really cool cause related to the episode. I have two, but it's really only one and a half because I'm going to lean very heavily on uh, our guest Emily for the second yes. one. The first spotlight is an organization called Inspiring Girls, which you can find out about at inspiring-girls.com. It is an organization dedicated to raising the aspirations of young girls around the world by connecting them with female role models. Their goals are to expose young girls uh, ages 10 to 15 to the full variety of careers and options in life uh, and inspiring them to aim high. And they do that by they they find volunteers and either in person or remotely like pair them up so they have an opportunity to see like these are the kinds of things that you could do that are not just like i don't know what roles people are told that they can do today programmers <laughs> everyone's going to be a programmer everyone should learn the code <laughs> i don't know <laughs> yeah but uh if you want to check that out you can go to inspiring-girls.com and learn more about that group the other spotlight which is not going to be a big surprise is pretty heroes which you can find at prettyHeroes.com, and uh, I think I think I'm not 100 percent sure, but Emily might know a little bit about it.
4: <laughs> Just a little. Just a little. Uh, you know, I kind of plan the bulk <laughs> of the thing. <laughs> so we are going into our fourth year as a convention. We run annually, and this is the first year that we're going to be a two-day event, Um, uh, so we're bigger and better. Every year, we expand uh, with the demand of of fans, and we add more programming. Uh, We always have a variety of panels, some discussion panels and presentations. We've got video games. We have a circus group coming um, and doing some performances this year, which is going to be really cool. We've got photo booth. We've got lots of dealers. We have custom t-shirts by Chop Shop Goods. Different groups are participating and doing some cool stuff. So we've got the Steampunk Society is going to be doing like a book binding panel, uh, a little workshop thing. Um, we've got lots of crafts. Everyone loves the crafts. Come and make some buttons. We've got a button contest running. <laughs> uh, <laughs> And then, of course, we have, like, voice actors, and we've got some cosplay and cosmodel guests there this year. We're going to have Disney karaoke. Uh, we're going to have a dance on Sunday as well. Uh, so we we try to have, like, something for everyone. We're a very family-friendly con, but most of our programming is geared to teens and up. Hmm. And as long as you like strong female characters, you are welcome to be there.
0: I <laughs> <laughs> then you said it was like, you know. It's extra cost, it's extra organization. It's it's extra work to have it for two days, but based on that it yeah. sounds like you you know, you're also a bit excited to have two days. Yeah. Like I assume you've not yet run out of things to do or things to like <laughs> like put on.
4: No, well, no, we haven't run out of things. Um I mean I still have like a couple of small gaps in the in the schedule to fill. Mm-hmm. Because it is two days for the first time. Um, but one of the things that we were hearing, um, like from last year in particular, was like, there's too much good stuff. I can't see all the things. <laughs> That's a great complaint I can't complaint see all the things. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we, we try to have a bit more uh, repetition. So um, there's going to be some like really cool uh, crafts that we'll repeat over the both days. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to even have you know like uh, a premium workshop. You will pay like up to five dollars for um and you'll actually be able to sell little leds into like a cuff or or some other little plushie or something so got some cool stuff all kinds of things
0: i didn't notice before but also congrats on getting (laughs) prettyheroes.com just like (laughs) like it didn't occur
4: to me that was the first thing i did (laughs) so i am also a web designer
3: (laughs) (laughs) on top of it Uh,
4: Yeah, so, yeah, the first thing that that I did was uh, make sure that a URL that I wanted was going to be available, and then I bought it. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm going to keep holding on to SailorMoonCelebration.com as well. So that's where we put the Sailor Moon version of of programming. But on PrettyHeroes.com, we put everything. So you can choose your flavor. All right. So you can follow us on pretty much all the social media. (laughs) I've got multiple accounts that we're running. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We're probably most active on our Facebook event page, our official one. You can see that it's, you know, organized by pretty heroes and international Sailor Moon Day Toronto. And we're on Twitter with pretty heroes and moon chase blog and Instagram. I've got pretty heroes and Sailor Moon Celebration. I am really surprised that nobody took that Sailor Moon one before me. <laughs> and of course, you've got the Facebook pages. So, we've covered pretty much everything. I do actually even have a Google Plus for Moon Chase, but nobody's on there. So.
3: Oh, yeah, Google
4: Plus. <laughs> I've got like three people following me on there.
3: <laughs> yeah, if you're on
0: Google Plus, uh, follow the next cast. You won't get any updates, but ah! it'd be cool to go on there and see, <laughs> see people following us on Google Plus. It's just nice to have the support.
4: Well, see, I I use Hootsuite and that makes it a lot easier. <laughs> <laughs> I just have to check a box and it goes everywhere.
0: <laughs> if you have not had enough content by now, you can find all of our I'm up to 80 some episodes, say, including many episodes, up at com. This podcast is but we three are the next cast and can be found on the internet at the next pretty much everywhere Twitter Facebook Instagram what's the other one YouTube and if you have a fan you you like to see us cover on this show please email us Nick at the What dot com
2: thank you very much G uh, and if you are listening to this as a podcast just on your smart device or tablet or phone or oh, phone flip phone uh, or PC or laptop or whatever, if it's just an audio show that you're listening to right now, thank you very much for downloading. Thank you very much for listening. Also, also you might want to check out Twitch.tv/slash TheNextCast where you can watch us recording these episodes live. That's right, you can come over there to Twitch.tv/slash TheNextCast. Uh, Monday nights, usually around uh, 8 p.m. ish, but it's always a good idea to check out that Twitter to be absolutely 100% sure and avoid disappointment because we do not want the only appointment for you to have be disappointment. Oh. Okay, I've, I've <laughs> I'm tangled, curious, tangled myself up. To out of the sentence. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've tangled myself up in enough uh, grammatical structures to, to move on and say why you might want to watch us on twitch.tv slash the next cast well mostly for that sweet sweet chat you can jump in there ask us questions ask our guests questions add your own comments on what we're talking about at the moment what we've talked about earlier in the episode maybe what we're going to talk about later on in the episode if you're some kind of time traveler but you can also get into the chat and Participate in the show by adding your own famous last words.
1: You can also take part in Z's Concision Conference. I'm not sure that that's oh, a real word, but I'm making it
2: up. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, you can participate in the famous last words, and you can also know about things like our upcoming event, the Race Against Time 4, a Chrono Trigger Charity Marathon. That's right. It's back again for the fourth year. On August 10th, starting sometime in that weekend, we will be marathoning Chrono Trigger and raising money for the Alzheimer's Society of Canada. Uh, Alzheimer's disease is a terrible illness that slowly robs those afflicted of their memories and eventually their very sense of being. Uh, and we are racing to help preserve those memories of loved ones and for a cure to stop it once and for all. If you want to check that out, you can go to twitch.tv slash the against time or go to race I don't care. They both go to the <laughs> same spot. But go there. Uh, We will be posting updates about the event as it gets closer. But hey, it's out there. You know about it. And you can also take part in the Famous Last Words, which is the thing that we're going to do right now. Famous Last Words Next week, we are going to have a different guest uh, talking about Disney theme parks. And so before any of us have done the research, uh, what is everyone's Famous Last Words? Emily, you can either go first or last. It's honestly up to
4: you. Famous Last Words on... On this topic, or on theme parks, on
0: Disney theme parks,
1: on Disney theme parks. What <laughs> do you want us to find out, or like, what statement do you want to be like? <laughs> I, I don't do want to say like history Hustle books. Stone.
4: How many <laughs> yeah. days does it really take to get through Disney World? All of it.
0: That's a, that is a good one.
4: <laughs> yeah. Every time I've gone, it's been one day, and here's a section.
3: Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. I'm going to try to figure out, or ask our guest, what are some of the biggest Disney park failures?
2: Mm
0: -hmm. One time they saw an employee with a beard.
3: Ah!
0: (laughs) That is not allowed at Disney.
2: (laughs) I've got one. Okay, Yeah, go for it. With Disney buying up all these IPs all over the place, Star Wars, Marvel, others... (laughs) Are Disney fans at all worried that the Disney magic of the theme parks will be diluted by other franchises popping up?
4: We'll just have more Disney princesses.
2: <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Yeah, like the new <laughs> <thought>. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Princess
1: Black Widow. Yeah, exactly.
3: Hmm.
1: Right, gee, that leaves you.
0: Okay. Um I want to talk about this topic, so I'm familiar with a uh, a thing around it. <laughs> If you were doing a Disney bound outfit, how close can you
1: get? All right. That is it for this week's episode. Thank you very much, Emily, for taking the time to chat with us, to tell us about pretty heroes, Mm -hmm. to tell us about things that you're fans of. (laughs) It was like super cool to learn about all the stuff that goes on behind the scenes at conventions. Yeah. And also that the volunteers get sandwiches. Oh.
4: If you ever want to have a behind the scenes conventions <laughs> <laughs> episode, uh, you, you can get me there too. I I've, I've got stories. <laughs>
0: we'll get you on, we'll get we'll get Natalie on. Formerly Con Bravo, and we just have a big <laughs> like cry in, I assume.
3: <laughs> <Somewhat stressful. laughs>
4: what to do when things break at a con <laughs>
3: <laughs> ah, panic okay. then deal with it
1: <laughs> um, oh. am I missing anything Jake? did we forget anything I remember <laughs> to thank the guests I'm good ah, this time that's great that's great
0: yeah thank you no I think that's it
3: mm-hmm. so. All right. <laughs> <laughs> you can't even do it I can't
0: even do it okay
1: gotta commit gotta commit to the bit mm <clears throat>
0: Until next time, we'll see you next time.
3: Goodbye.
4: Sugar and Spice was one of the uh, the names that I uh, discarded, actually. Before oh right. really? Yeah.
1: Really? <laughs> huh. well, you know, SpiceCon twenty eighteen doesn't have the same ring to it either.
4: Sugar and SpiceCon, I, just, <laughs> I was like, mm, yeah, that's not gonna work. <laughs> well,
1: yeah,
3: yeah. SpiceCon idea.
4: Good
2: name for a Dune convention.
4: I was oh. like, yeah, we don't have spices, so oh my goodness. <laughs> on a cooking convention Just
2: quickly
0: <laughs> checking to see if there's some sort of spice girls gathering under a name spice con
2: spice con management you know ah.
3: disappointing <laughs> <sighs>